0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Networked podcast. So there will be three of us, there will be Raman, Ash and Rahul. We're corporate finance professionals and startup founders that are looking to share a little bit of light on our journey through corporate as well as our journey through startups. Um, If you want to check us out, check us out on
1: LinkedIn or on networked.com.au. In this podcast, we'll be discussing a variety of topics, um, challenges that, can, that are faced by you know, young corporate professionals, experienced corporate professionals, and everyone in between. Uh, we'll also be looking at uh, you know, various challenges that can impact uh, small businesses, uh, large, larger scale businesses, and giving our thoughts and opinions on a variety of different topics. These, can, these will be ranging from you know, some a little less controversial topics, such as your salary and interviewing skills, Uh, challenges that most people tend to face in the in the workplace Um, but we also want to challenge uh, more controversial topics things like racism and gender equality in the workplace along with emerging technologies such as crypto and sustainability yeah so salaries how do we negotiate them what's a good salary what um what are your experiences with having to negotiate salaries i don't know about you guys but i haven't really uh changed jobs, had that many, now nego- that, have been in that much of a position of power to kind of negotiate a, a salary. Um, but yeah, what are your
0: yeah. oh, but I think talking money is the most <laughs> awkward thing you ever have to do. I
2: think it's always the most awkward thing that you ever it, have to yeah. do. But one of the most important.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like, and it's something I don't think they've prepared you for at all. It's like not even a topic in uni or something yeah. that you have to do at all until the first time you do it. And then there's not a lot of resources or anything out there that like I've personally seen mm. until like now where I see it on TikTok and it tends to just be like big tech employees talking about salary transparency and it tends to be like massive packages with share options and everything like that. Yeah. But that's really different to yeah, what
1: it's we great have. To, it's great to be transparent when you're earning like, you know, 150, dollars $200,000, 250000 $300,000. Mm. I mean, try being transparent when you're earning like 60. <laughs> and I, I think the transparency becomes a little bit more guarded,
0: but I guess like sixty to you sounds But then there's people on forty five, and then there's yeah, that's like, definitely true. Yeah, and then there's like if you take into account currency conversions, people live on like two thousand dollars a year, right? Yeah,
1: that's definitely true. Yeah, standard of living is different across the world. So yeah, yeah.
0: but I think conceptually it's like very similar in how you have to approach the conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, you—you've obviously you're speaking from a level of some experience. Um, I
0: think I'm expe- like speaking from failure many, many times. Like, <laughs>
1: well, we all. I think it's. I think that's the thing, right? Like, you do it in your own way. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. can be view. You may view it as a failure now because you see it, it worked out so much better for somebody else, and that was just the way they did it, and it was the right time, and things fell into place.
0: Uh, um, yeah, I think like what I kind of saw is um, the first few times I would do it. I was doing it very based on my own personal uh, personal situation at that time. Yeah. So if I was, like, applying for a home loan or something like that, I would want a salary rise kind of akin to that personal situation yeah. in my life Yeah. as opposed to a relative change in my market value. Mm-hmm. And I know yeah. that was something that I did a lot because, like, I've been fortunate to have good relationships with my managers. So we would almost be friends and I'd be like, oh, I'm applying for this. Can you help me out on pay for this cycle? And often they would do it, but it like they were doing it because they were nice, not because I deserved it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Like it was like never really de- about demonstrating that like the value I was adding to the company that became a focus later on. Yeah. Like I don't know how you guys have found it. Like what, what do you do when it comes to salary negotiation time like is it something that you do only when it comes up or is it something you like lead into
2: yeah look, i think the only i've had quite a minimal experience with salary negotiation and that's mainly been like, i've j- changed jobs a couple of times and in that like the obvious um piece of conversation that comes about is this is what we're offering or rather how much do you currently earn now and a lot of people go two different ways which is you say essentially the amount that you want to be earning as the salary that you're earning now and then work off that, um, or you try and like define, as you said, your market value. Um, and I think for me, it's kind of been probably keeping track of what I've done so far to then, um, use as leverage when negotiating, right. And I think calling out a lot of like what you've done to show that this is why I deserve this. Um, is a lot more, um, is a lot more impactful than being like, I deserve this because everyone else is getting this. Yeah, yeah of course. that's what I've noticed. That's how I've tried to approach it. So I guess to answer your question, it's probably ongoing in terms of like building a case, yeah. um, but at a certain point in time is when I have the conversations So bonus time and, um, changing roles.
1: Yeah. I think I learned a bit from Raman where he was like, you just gotta, you just gotta time the work and the achievement perfectly because mm. if you do that, then not only does it a improve your marketability for like actually having that frank conversation and being like, look, I just did all of this. Mm. Like, I think I deserve something for that. Um, but yeah, I think it was what, just, that's kind of what I've learned and that's I'm in the minimal experience that I've had. I mean, I've changed job three times, but not at none of those points did I ever negotiate, I set like a, a hard, like, you know, rule that I thought was an achievement for me. So. know whether it be like oh you know i want six figures in this job or i want um you know this in my grad role or i want that when i when i move um just things like that i think that's kind of like where in terms of negotiations negotiations i negotiated with myself being like oh you know this is where i'm at in my career but like raman said like it's that distinction between like i'm really good friends with my manager now as well and it's that distinction between oh well like is he doing this as a friend or am i actually like worth a lot more and i've had to do a lot of more introspective like thinking as as weird as that sounds as like to think like oh what is my actual value like if i was to kind of like move away from this team to go to a different role or to or to tell them like look like i'm actually what what my capability is or where the scope of my role is in the external market is actually here and this is kind of where i am here then I think the marketability for my skills is actually a lot higher. So I think based off that, I should actually be getting that pay rise. I think I'm just starting to shift into that mentality. Maybe it's just taken being in a role for like two years to kind of realize that that's the shift that's needed to happen. Um, but yeah, Raman was a big um, influence on that. In and yeah. actually at least giving me the, the blueprint for it and then making, letting me figure it out and like how to time things and do things properly and figure out a lot of that stuff. Um but yeah he was the person who took me under his wing and I was know. like I was like ah oh, yeah let me teach you a little bit about corporate life because um, I, I was know. definitely very green when I came into cubes at least
0: well oh, I hope you don't mind me sharing a bit of a story about ash well, like <laughs> well
1: effectively like he
0: had come into the organization and he was delivering a big project and the project was quite substantial in terms of scope and what he was trying to do was change not just the like the infrastructure of the it but changing attitudes, which obviously is very, very hard to do, uh, especially when like it's a global team and whatnot. And what I tried to explain to him was that the problem with setting such a big target is until you've achieved it, you can't really show something. Right. Mm. So it's about breaking things down into like measurable targets and then actually delivering them. And like my source for that, honestly, was sport. <laughs> like, I actually thought my IPL in the Indian Premier League really helped me <laughs> with that. It's because the people that got the highest amounts in auction tended to be the people who had just performed the best because yeah. the idea is, like, form continues, right? Yeah. And it's the same sort of thing with the English Premier League and, like, like big sport like events like that. It's I don't think it's too dissimilar to, to work, right? Um, I guess, like, the ebbs and flows are probably not as extreme, but... it's very similar in, like, how you think about it. And the reason I told Ash that is just because I think when things are fresh in people's mind and often pay rises at, like, bigger organisations involve several layers of management, benchmarking you against other people, like, you really need people to bat for you. Mm. So unless you have something big or tangible that you can show them that you've delivered, it's hard for them to bat for you.
2: Yeah. And I guess the the thing that I try and like think about is does it make sense or like I guess which argument kind of holds up so is it my peers are getting paid more so I should get paid more or this is what I've done which is why I should get paid more right because I think everyone kind of defaults to the first answer answer which is that if someone else like let's say we've done the same degree and we've got the same user experience we should get paid better but does that kind of, does that work is my, my question. Like, I'm, I don't I don't – I haven't kind of raised that before, but I don't know your experience. Have you seen that work or
0: – Like, I've seen it happen, and but yeah. I've never, like, necessarily agreed. Mm. But I also understand the flip side and being in that situation. So, like, it's – I think it's a very grey area. I don't think mm. there's a right or wrong.
1: Yeah, I, I, think, I think it is one of those things where it's like uh, – um, a, the thing is like, you're, you're opening yourself up to a million excuses that somebody else can give you Yeah. to being like, oh, uh, like, yeah, but they did X, Y, Z. Mm. And then it comes back to like your own personal performance or it's like, oh, well, you know, they're in a different situation to you is yeah. a very blanket response you can give to something like that yeah. that
2: basically shuts down that whole argument
1: and yeah, brings and it raise, back to your own. Yeah, exactly.
2: And you raise the point of it's not fair or it is fair, right. To, yeah. to get that salary jump or whatever it is, um, which is super subjective. Um, cause what's fair, like the whole, like, the whole concept itself is subjective. And then you bring something into this where you can kind of go, oh, look, it's not fair that this is what's happened. And this goes, is blanket across everything. And the other person might not see eye to eye, like yeah. what do you kind of do? How do you kind of backtrack from that? You can't really backtrack. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. you can't really improve your position. So, um, no, it's just interesting. Yeah. It's a tough yeah. point. It's a yeah. tough position
1: to be in. Cause yeah, like you said, you can't really backtrack from it. Mm. So once you put yourself out into that particular bucket yeah. and I, I feel like it does personally, I think it does more harm than it does good yeah. because if you end up in that bucket and you get shut down, then you're always known as the person that will reach for that bucket that's and right. be like, oh, it's not fair.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Whereas like, you know, people will just be like, oh, that's not fair. So yeah. Yeah. suck it up and do something a little bit better. And then maybe you'll get recognized and moved.
0: Like, But I think the question I have for both of you is just how much do you think of it, like you were talking about relative to your peers, right? How much of it is like um, comparable things like number of years, quality of work, that sort of stuff versus softer skills, like time management, how you gel with the team, that sort of stuff. How much do you think that forms part of pay rises or salary negotiations? I probably
2: reckon there's a third of them. I, I think soft skills is definitely something that you can't really put essentially put a price on, which is, mm. which is hard to say, but you can put impact towards it. Right. Like, I think,
1: I think more than soft skills, man, it's, yeah. it's actually like, well, there's value within the team and then there's value like into teams. Yeah. Right. I think that's where you start to really get a lot of leverage yeah. where like, Oh, like if I lose this person, I don't just lose them. Yeah. I lose their relationship with like X, Y, Z that's person. And yeah. then it becomes really problematic for me to find someone who can, Get into that position who's, you know, let's say you're, you're technically sound. So, you know, there's no issues on technicality, but socially finding the the right person to come in and develop those relationships and, you know, be able to push and pull on those relationships when it's needed to get the best outcome. Right. That is where your marketability is. I think personally, it's, it's like a 75, 25% split because yeah. you can get someone in to do the technical job. I don't feel like that's like, I feel like you can either train someone to be good at that, or you can get someone in who's, uh, you know, fluent in it, but to get someone that's like, into like, can having inter- those interpersonal skills can, you know, when you need to talk to senior leadership, talk to senior leadership, confidently develop relationships with other teams, you know, do that cross work, um, you know, when there's sensitive topics, be able to approach other team members, like those kinds of things. I feel like those yeah. are really, really, especially in this day and age. Moving into COVID, having to do things virtually, like I find that is a lot more like prized.
2: And if you look at job descriptions, right, like if there's five bullet points, probably three or, or four of them are just soft skills, like yeah. exactly what you said, soft yeah. yeah. skills, communication, be like have strong stakeholder engagement or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that's and, almost
0: a
1: prerequisite and yeah, everything. Right. Yeah. yeah, but you, it's it's amazing how hard it is to find that. Yeah, Um, And it's very easy to, it's, I I find it, like, it's very easy to say that, um, like, it's very hard to say that when you're, when you're like, okay, well, you've got this, these XYZ type of personalities, but then like, you know, I've dealt with personalities where people are very, very, very dramatic. And it's like, well, that's when, that's when that skill becomes really useful. Because if you don't have that, then it becomes, you know, a bit more problematic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I think one thing that you mentioned that was interesting is that like we're talking about obviously the soft skills versus the harder skills. And what I find strange is like the number of years you work from like a hard skills point of view doesn't necessarily cor- correlate with how strong those softer skills are. Cause sometimes you can develop them at a much faster rate than someone else. So it just seems like sometimes job descriptions are a bit broken in that way. Mm-hmm. Like you have the, like, you might not be eligible from a number of years point of view, but you have all of the soft skills. Yeah. So, like, like, how do you feel? Like, is that something that you think is changing, that people are getting more opportunities and everything because of the, like, non-specific skills? Is that something changing in your, like, your strategy, like, kind of world? Yeah,
2: I think soft skills are probably more important than ever, right? Like, I think the element of, like, and I, and I think, Ash mentioned before, the element of like working virtually, but still maintaining strong stakeholder or engagement or relationships is probably one of the biggest challenges um, at the moment. So like that has more value to potentially uh, a business than being technically sound at Excel, right? Because uh, you can teach Excel a lot easier than you can teach to build relationships. Um, so yeah, I, I do think, uh, but I think in addition to soft skills, And I think you've mentioned it before, it is timing related, right? So if a lot of your negotiation is based on when you kind of enter and exit the market, um, or, um, like for example, the market is quite hot at the moment is what the word on the street is, but, um, and that kind of plays into the hands of salary negotiation, but, um, like once you have like work visa, work visas coming in from overseas that'll drop and you're going to have. You're going to go back to three years ago when it was really hard to kind of negotiate. Yeah. Or you're,
1: you know, you're moving away from those contracting roles, moving to that permanent role, staying in that job for like three years, four years. And so you have to really look at that internal progression as opposed to. Yeah. Longevity doesn't hold the
2: same value that it once did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's true. Being loyal is almost not rewarded at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It really isn't. (laughs) So, which is, which is interesting. I'm kind of circling back to a point at the beginning. We are talking about like assessing your market worth, right? what steps do you guys actually go about to actually assess your market worth? Because I think that's a very gray area, right? Obviously there's the approach of like you apply for jobs and if you're successful at that range and you get an offer, then you know, that's one thing, but then yeah. it comes with a downside of potentially damaging relationships. Um, but what other steps can you really take, right? Like, cause there are like tech platforms like Glassdoor and stuff like that, that tell you similar titles and stuff like that. But, I find it challenging that job descriptions often don't tell you salary ranges.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, hopefully, there. I mean, the way I'm seeing it is that there is a changing trend in that, mm. in that like, people are starting to advertise jobs with the salaries I- included. I think it's it's really hard to have one without the other. Yeah. Because um, you don't know. Uh, at the end of the day, like you could be applying for a, an analyst role that actually requires you to perform at a manager level. Yeah, of course. Um and that's just I mean there's a role I recently applied for that was exactly that
2: mm.
1: where, you know, I was it was a senior analyst role but I was the only one being able to run the team. So mm. is it really a senior analyst role or is it mm. is it more manager role or is it more head of kind of role? Yeah. Um but yeah, that's a good question. Like assessing your market like value is something that I've always found really difficult. I've always seen it as like oh well mainly because i'm following a more traditional path in my career and i want to go for like that group treasurer kind of role so i've always kind of for me it's just been like ticking a bunch of boxes being like okay well these are the kind of bread and butter of of a treasury role and so can i do all of these things and if i haven't ticked a bucket then i know that my marketability suffers um by not being well exposed to those areas like i'll have a bit of knowledge and i'll know kind of you know basic blueprints kind of thing but I haven't been involved in something like that. So I see that as like, okay, well that's an area of improvement circle, 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 that kind of thing. Um, At least that's how I've done it. But again, that becomes a lot more, it's, it's, it's one of those things where like, it's still hard for me to gauge to what depth do I know a lot of the topics that I think I know Um, it helps working in a global treasury. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I kind of have that exposure being like, okay, I think this is kind of what the world has to offer. And this is the, the scope of what I need to know. But yeah, like, again for me it's it's easy but it's hard at the same time because i I don't really know how much i don't know and i don't really know um you know other roles out there for for analysts senior analysts managers are they becoming more and more sophisticated and i just don't know about them yet or you know what exactly is like how do i i can't set like a a perfect like you know kind of set of goals around it
0: i see i see where you're coming from but in many roles you're never going to Know everything, right? Like, that's, that's part of the fun of taking a new role that's where true. you have like a learning curve. So, I guess, like, sometimes experience in an area is okay. You might not need to be an expert in it or yeah. comprehensive.
1: That's um, true. That's definitely true. I mean, yeah. Or like, I can... And
0: or what if you're doing like a sideway pivot, right? Or like changing from, say, treasury to mm-hmm. something in like investments or something like that, where like you do have exposure in like looking at things like duration and like more technical concepts, Correct. like how, how would you then go about assessing that?
1: Oof, it's a tough question. I've never, I've never had to do that. See, so I would actually find that extremely difficult. And I've, I've found that difficult and challenging, even when I was trying to get out of my grad role, cause I was looking at all sorts of, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I had an idea, like I wanted to do something corporate financey. I like treasury applied for some treasury roles, but I also applied for VC roles, but mm. it became very difficult for me to be like, oh, well, this is kind of how I need to market myself. And I found it a struggle when I was writing the cover letters or having to modify my CV here and there in order to kind of pitch it to the role a bit better. Mm. Um, but I don't know, I mean, you're probably a better example of how you would pivot away from, from say accounting into the strategy world. Um, mm. so maybe I'll pass the bat to you cause I don't know if I'm as useful in this kind of, a yeah, discussion. But,
2: um, and the way I kind of pivoted out of one field to another was just transferability, right? And I think a lot of it came from like connections, just understanding your peers to an extent. Like not so like not so much understanding what you do better than them, but understanding what they do well enough to be able to kind of find that link to what you do um, to an extent. So an example can be as simple as uh, when I was working in assurance uh, one of the big things was um stakeholder relationships right client relationships um when you move into um move into in-house kind of lose that and you don't think there's a correlation there on first glance. but um internal stakeholder relationships are almost identical um in that sense yeah You're kind of finding that one. link yeah so i like, find that link is how i kind of came about doing it and that was through like speaking to people and whatnot within the industry itself Um, But, yeah, I I want to pose a hypothetical to both of you. Um, How would you deal with... So let's say the hypothetical is that you don't feel that you're being essentially remunerated um, um, properly for the role that you've done. It's an internal kind of discussion that you're having with your manager. Um, How would you kind of start that conversation? Because I think the start is the hardest thing to do.
0: Yeah, so I, I, I that's agree. 100%. That's the hardest. I part. agree. Do um, you want to take,
1: <laughs> take this first? I'm just so, curious. Yeah. So, the, the one thing, the one time I ever had to do this, yeah. um, I basically didn't really negotiate with anyone. Yeah. I just called up the head off and I was like, look, this is the deal. Yeah. Like, make it work. And I just luckily just got a yes as the answer. And yeah. I was like, sweet, done came through no issues whatsoever. So I like I don't know really I I tried the negotiation path but I I could never really understand a lot of the political games that were going on in the background yeah. and I guess that's my own like um naivete. Yeah. So I would, like because of that I got really annoyed and frustrated and I was just like like just just go for the head. And and know, when you got
2: that well, like was it an instant yes that you kind of got? Yes, okay. it was an instant yes.
1: Okay. Um, so it wasn't really much of a negotiation yeah. or anything. So <laughs> did just... you ever
2: kind of reflect back on that? And you're like, oh, yeah, I should have said this. Then if it, it seemed so instant, like maybe there was room to move or like maybe there was...
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. Like I never... I'm always like... I felt sick before making that phone call yeah. because I knew what that phone call had to be about. Yeah. But at the same time, I never thought it was going to work and it just did. Yeah. So, you know, if something works and, you know... it you should try it again and yeah. see if it works. Right. That's, that's, that's my main, yeah. that's my main aim. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like I, that's I had a very extreme example, which is where I, like, that's what I did. I guess it was good because I did have that like relationship to, to kind of leverage and, and talk to him about that. But um, yeah, I, I think Raman's probably a better uh, better yeah. person. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think I, before
0: I get to might I have a question. If you were to do that situation again, what would you do differently?
1: Um, I, I don't know. If anything, I don't think I would do anything differently. I feel like there is something I should do differently, but the way I feel like the way I approached it was like, I mean, like I said, this is the lay of the land, but I also did give like, you know, I've done X, Y, Z during the year and Mm. like, I do have the backing for this and like, I have actually done a lot of this kind of stuff. And like, I think, um, I think it warrants like that, the, like a salary rise, or I think it warrants like that kind of pay rise. And Mm. it's not like. I'm not continuing to improve on, on what I've done and, you know, where I'm going and everything like that. And, yeah. and I think like, luckily I had the, I had, you know, the few t- uh, boxes ticked that I needed to have ticked and like my man, he'd obviously seen, seen that and, you know, he was well aware of the whole situation. So it was kind of it, it, because that context was there, it made, it made having that abrupt and frank conversation a lot easier. Um, well, so how did you know
2: you were ready to you were ready to kind of have that conversation? Because a lot of the time, like, self-assessment is really hard to do for a lot of people, right? Yes. So how did you kind of go, look, this deserves um, a, an increase? Or, or-
1: well, I mean, without getting too, like, obviously there's some privacy issues and stuff no, like no, this, but, like, <laughs> without getting too into the detail, it was more like, you know, the, the I had only started in the prior year mm-hmm. and I hadn't really seen much um, salary growth in that year. And I felt like the, um, you know, part of it was gauging my, uh, growth against the other analysts in the team and the other analysts, you know, in different teams and then saying, okay, well, you know, this is, uh, like, I know you should not be doing that just to to an extent, but I was like, look, this is kind of where, where I'm at. It's about, I created those interpersonal relationships. um, and at the same time, I kind of, I knew that technically I was getting more and more and more sound to a point where I think it deserved like some sort of, uh, reward. Um, so yeah, you know, whether that was internal rewards or whether it was monetary, was, was kind of decided for me in that yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: yeah. Right. yeah. I think like your approach was quite different to how I would naturally take it. <laughs> I think I wouldn't like, I think context is a really big thing. I think I think- the
1: context that I had here was that this advice was given to me by, by a fellow colleague. So yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So like for me, I think context when you're asking for salary changes and stuff is important. Like most big organizations have windows in which promotions are happened. They might have a rating system or a scale or something like that. So if you're going to try challenge the status quo, you you better have a strong reason mm. and that tends to be a com- like competing offer or like you're at a point where you're so dis- demotivated that you can't work. Mm. Uh, so I think like for me, it's really about timing. And I'm someone who likes to have regular conversations with managers. Um, So it doesn't feel like it comes out of the blue. I regularly talk about salary. I regularly talk about challenges. I regularly talk about that. So then if I express something I'm I'm unhappy about, it's not like, wait, where did this come from? Yeah. Yeah. So like I try to lead up to it as much as physically possible. It's not like I remind them going, I want Mm -hmm. this dollar figure. It's more about going. This is where I kind of want to be. What can I do to get there? Cool. And that's a conversation I normally start six months before those kind of big windows. And so then set, you essentially
2: plan out the pathway to that that, that like next step to that next step, and then you essentially work towards ticking off the, either that list or getting to that point. Yeah, and yeah. then you
0: bring up exactly. And I, for, and for me, is like it's not really about competing so much against other analysts or other managers or whatever. It's really me against me in a lot of ways. Because I I think at one point, you go from like maybe being like a pool of grads and that sort of stuff to kind of being your own professional, mm. how you kind of conduct yourself is unique to you. Mm. Um, so it's very hard to benchmark yourself because you, you don't really know what people are going through or what their situation are. Like they might have a shit one two months at work, but it could be because they have something going on at home. So you can't really compare your performance against them. It's not necessarily Mm -hmm. always fair. Yeah, that's true. Um, But I think the other big part is if a salary rise is trying to come out of the blue, like you have to remember everyone's busy as well, right? So it's not going to be taken favourably by everyone. Mm -hmm. Like some people will be a bit upset. And if someone's upset, it's harder for them to bat for you. Whereas if it's kind of more measured and it comes over a period of time, they'll tend to support you. Yeah, that's fair enough. So th- that's generally how I've approached it. But as a result, sometimes after six months, you might get burnt, and it hurts that much more. Yeah, because you've like you've literally calculated it. You've ticked boxes, yeah. but it might not work out because like the company might lose money.
1: Yeah, exactly. it may not be like physically it's fiscally
0: like possible yeah. to do right. Or there might be obviously a lot of people in that situation. So then you might get something, but it might not be what you want. So, like, there are downsides to that approach. Mm. But it's like, I think I'm just naturally more cautious person. Yeah. Don't go gung ho like this guy. Or do. Or do.
2: Yeah, it worked out.